Blog Talk Radio. Uh, would not come across real well 
with the Taurus moon. So there's also still a lot of energy in air, a lot of air going on in the chart. Venus is in Gemini, Mars is in Libra, Jupiter is in Gemini, and Saturn is in Libra. So very interesting there. And we have a Mars-Jupiter trine tonight. That means that Mars in Libra and Jupiter in Gemini are making positive aspects to one another. If you are making your lover laugh tonight, that's great. If you are wanting to have communication with relationships, tonight is a great night to do it. If you're even internet dating and you want to send out a lot of messages to a bunch of prospective people who you think might be good for you, tonight is a good night to do that. There's great feedback from all of those types of actions. Uh, as we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, we're still in the Uranian-Pluto square and we are going to be for a while. This is the individual rebellion against the patriarchal hierarchy and the way that that's going to play out over the next few years is going to be quite dramatic and amazing as we're going to see a real resurgence of individuals reclaiming, I think, some proprietary rights to the planet. We, you know, it's all of our planet, and we all deserve to have a say in how it is being used. Sun is in Cancer, and it will be for another week. I think even when we do the show next week, July 20th, we're going to still have the Sun in Cancer, so we are rocking out the beginning of the summer. That's my global energy moment for you today. And tonight we're talking about balance, centeredness, and how do we create balance and centered behavior in our lives. It came about from uh, an experience that I I had uh, this week, actually, with a um, a really, um, you know, like a, a caretaker, a home caretaker, someone who was here to watch the kids and um, watch the kid. And, um, you know, like she used this interesting terminology, like an opportunity had come up. She said it to me like a couple of times while she was really telling me that she was going to be bailing out on me and, you know, basically screwing me over because I was, you know, expecting her to be here in like three hours so that I could run the practice, you know, well, vis-a-vis, whatever, an angel stepped in and really did save the day, and I was able to find somebody, but that experience kind of offset me, it offset my center, and it made me think about this person who was like, oh, an opportunity has come up, and I thought, you know, the definition, actually, of an opportunist is someone who takes opportunities that come their way with with disregard completely for the commitments that they've made. So it was very interesting, and uh, you know, and a, a a thoughtful and and helpful prayer going out to her that she might gently realize, rather than more harshly realize, her opportunistic ways. So um, the positive note of it, and the leaning into the whole show for this week, was that the angel person who showed up um, actually on Monday of this week and was able to sort of like you know like just really just take over and 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 be so awesome um that experience of having her step in after having kind of been in a little bit of disruption, I mean, be like, oh, my God, disruption, and then all of a sudden, oh, wow, no disruption, somebody really cool is here, um, 
And I thought, wow, you know, like this is giving me a place to be centered and to see how it is that I'm making some of my choices. So I wanted to do a show on on um, centering, finding our center. It's an important thing. I did a lot of reading this week about um, Libra and justice and adjustment, as it's seen in the Aleister Crowley deck. It's called adjustment. It's balance. And uh, what what type of a balance the way the way in which we can accomplish things when we're working in a balanced place in a balanced mind. So um, I do want to talk about uh, Libra and Libra energy and um, the the balance that comes from being uh, connected to a balanced mind. So Libra in general, it's the seventh sign of the zodiac, and it actually rules contractual relationships and contractual agreements and um you know it, it including marriage but it, but but more than marriage it, it it also is business partnerships and then it's partnerships and agreements that we have with professionals like if you have a relationship with a doctor or a therapist or a lawyer or even if someone comes to like put a new roof on your house or something like that you you get into what's called like a contractual agreement with that person you agree to pay them money they agree to repair or do something for you but so there's a contract in marriage you know the agreement is not necessarily about money but you know, each person in the marriage has agreed to do certain things to make the partnership work. And a lot of times in marriage, what we're what we're missing out on is the discussion of what those things actually are. We enter into it in a loving way, but we never really think about what are the things that we expect from each other. And that's one reason why marriages have a hard time, because we don't really express what it is that we're going to need from somebody, and then we just expect them to meet those needs. Hmm. It does give me a chance to mention Elemental Love Styles, which is um, the book that I wrote um, about a year and a half ago. came out from Simon & Schuster. I'm very proud of it, and very rarely, I don't even know if ever, been doing this show for several months now. I don't even know that I've ever plugged the book. So, But since it's about relationships and finding your deeper needs, I had written a relationship book that I think is quite nice and and is very um, kind of intense and hardcore when you really want to look at how do you really make a marriage work. This book answers that question quite clearly. And um, it's uh, called Elemental Love Styles, Find Compatibility and Create a Lasting Relationship. It came out from Simon & Schuster. You can find it in the bookstore. You can find it on Amazon, absolutely. So you might want to check it out, anybody that wants to know more about relationships. But back to the idea that, yes, we have needs and we need to be able to discuss them. How does Libra begin to represent centeredness? And I think the answer is that we, we, we come from a centered place when we're able to compromise, when we're able to negotiate um, what it is that we need and accept what somebody else needs. There is no centeredness in a place of selfishness. Absolutely not. You can't have centeredness there. If you're experiencing someone else's selfishness, it probably sends you off your center. You know, in order to be able to refine it, you might have to find somebody that's actually not being selfish. You know, and that's what I, like I said, I discovered this week was that unselfish acts act, actually bring you back to your center. So whether you're being 
selfless or whether you're being uh, treated in a, in a selfless way but from someone else, whether you're receiving their kindness. Um, both are, um, you know, ways of discovering your center because it creates a sense of security. There's a sense of security. There's no sense of security in selfish behavior because when you're operating from that place of selfishness, then you, um, you know, you're, you're, you're agitated to make something happen for yourself. And that's not centeredness. And the truth about, like, real divine manifestation, divine manifestation, the ability for you to manifest things through yourself, is happening from a centered place. So balance. Balance is seen even more uh, clearly in the card Justice, which is uh, key 11 in the tarot. And it's ruled by Libra. So, key eleven is ruled by Libra, which is why we start talking out. Which is why we started talking about Libra at the beginning here. But justice takes it to a whole new level because justice is talking about how fairness, fairness and equality and justice is dispensed from a place of centeredness that we can't begin to examine what is just behavior, what is fair behavior from an emotionally or spiritually imbalanced place. It's interesting that it brings me back to that conversation about selfishness because selfishness is a spiritually imbalanced place. Um, Emotional imbalanced places can just be coming from fear and things like that, but we're not able to react from a place of fairness when we're operating in that mode, we always end up, you know, um, thinking of ourselves and making things happen for ourselves exclusively, and that's not a place of fairness or negotiation or any place where we can find balance. So balance is achieved through um, a state of inner focus, and in a lot of the the uh, you know the studies that I did this week, I saw that there was an an energy that was not perfectly still. Just like in meditation, it's almost impossible to be perfectly still. Just like when you're trying to keep your balance, you're not being perfectly still. There are small little micro-movements of muscles and things like that that are keeping you still and balanced. So balance is taking the natural fluctuation that we experience in life, the natural fluctuation, and making the cycle as small as we can to still allow for that fluctuation because that fluctuation is necessary. It's a part of life. We see it, you know, in the tides and waves and, you know, things like that, that that there's a movement, that life has a fluctuation. It's not static. Life is not static. So that balance is also not static. It's like really dynamic, I think, to to realize that, that balance is not a static place, that it's also a place of just smaller and smaller waveforms that are operating still within that place of fluctuation, but that it has become focused down so narrowly that balance can be achieved. It's like not allowing for the the 
the extreme extremes and bringing ourselves down into a centered place. This type of thing occurs in, um, you know, the act of compromise, negotiation, um, is that extremes are brought down into the center <clears throat> by narrower examination of fluctuation. I like that actually. I think I think um, it's it's important for us to grasp what that really means for our ability to, you know, create in our lives because <clears throat> the best manifestations, uh, you know, clearly the best way to manifest our best manifestation ability <clears throat> is occurring from that place of centeredness. It's occurring from that place where the fluctuations are the least wide. You know, like um, your ability, say, to row a boat and get from point A to point B is going to be much easier if the pond is still, right? If the lake is still. If it's incredibly choppy with wind blowing, then it's more difficult to get from point A to point B. So, if we have a thought, a concept, and we're trying to follow it through to its fruition, right, then our ability to make that happen in a focused and balanced mind, heart, and body is easier if, if we're, you know, not creating a lot of chop. So, overly dramatized lives and relationships have a tendency to have more difficulty in producing results. And we might feel like that's the opposite, but that's part of the illusion of it. We might think that there's more excitement when things are overly dramatized, but actually it's not focused energy, it's dissipated. And the extremes can be an awful lot of fun, but that's not really what we're looking at tonight, you know. Extreme out on the edge, what does that mean? You know, it's like another whole conversation. What is it to Press our limits, for instance, you know, and find out the range of experience that we're capable of of achieving. But this is about balance and the the ability to take ourselves and um, bring ourselves into focus for the accomplishment of a specific goal. So in a little while, I'm actually going to do a meditation a focus and balance meditation, and I think that's going to be really good. Um, But I want to remind everyone that this is a live call-in show, and I'm doing live mini-readings tonight if anyone would like one. I know some weeks the switchboard's full, some weeks the switchboard's not so full. So right now I don't have anybody waiting in there, and if you'd like to call in and get on the switchboard and get a, uh, a reading tonight, please feel free to pop in to the show. Um, the, um, you know, meditation is actually the, the, the process by which we create balance by bringing the mind back to the center. I think meditation and uh, people who teach meditation, they're always one of the first things they're always quick to say is how undisciplined the mind is. And it's kind of really interesting because probably just the physical form is kind of undisciplined. You know, physical form meaning being in the body. 
the body's undisciplined, the mind is undisciplined, maybe even the emotions are undisciplined, and it takes a lifetime of being able to work with them and try to, you know, um, get ourselves to not be crying like a baby every time we're hungry, you know, and being able to discipline the body to say, no, you'll eat, you'll eat, we'll feed you, you know, but when we're very little, we don't really know that and we act out. And when we get older, it's interesting, some people don't react very well to being hungry or tired or, you know, in a confined space. Or like a, think of the way different people react in an airplane if it's stuck on the runway for a little while. Some people get so angry. Some people are just whatever, just, you know, like chill out and they make the best of it, you know. And um, that has to do with a long-term process of balance and being able to balance ourselves and our and our lives. So it's interesting that the um the full form whether it's the physical body, the emotional body or the mind especially are undisciplined unless we address the them and and help them to focus and create discipline. The point of meditation being just that. So when we meditate, it's not always easy to stay on a particular thought or a particular breathing or stay focused with a particular story. But the whole point of the process is, well, okay, so the mind comes in and it wanders, and then we bring the mind back to the meditation. And we say, okay, that's nice, you wandered, now come back over here. And it's about creating focus you know when we when when we look at little kids who have ADD right that's attention deficit disorder which is just another you know like label that the medical profession has put on something and you know you used to be able to say that you know somebody had a somebody had a low attention span that's what we used to say you know a hundred years ago you would say oh this person just doesn't have a very good attention span now they've made a whole syndrome out of it right they call it ADD so that's kind of um you know a, a, a side thing but the idea there is that attention is developed by practice and our ability to bring attention to a specific goal is the way in which we manifest that goal ah right there it is balance is about focus those things are about being able to concentrate our attention. If we look at the tarot again, we see that, you know, and again in card 11, that's the card of balance. It's the card of being able to create inner focus. But card one, which is the magician, which talks about the, our ability to direct our will, and our ability to direct our will is directly connected to our ability to concentrate and focus our intention. So, um, you know, usually right around this time, I'll do a little a little meditation if we're going to do one, and I think we will do one right now. Um, before we go and do that, though, I'd like to remind everyone again that it's a call-in show, and if anyone would like to get a reading tonight. The call-in number is 213-943-3395. Don't be shy. Right, so we're looking at um, meditating actually on meditative process because that's what 
um, meditation and focus and balance is all about. So let's do a balanced meditation. Find yourself in your seat, on your chair, in a balanced way. Make sure that the cushion, your feet, your arms, and pretty much everything about your posture and the way in which you're taking in uh, my voice is happening in a balanced way so that the left and the right, the above and the below feel balanced. And take that big breath in and out and let it go out and be very connected to your belly button, which is actually your own personal center. So the navel and just like one finger above the navel, it's called the hara, and it's a center of um, meditative power because it represents the center of your body. It's pretty much almost the same distance from your feet to your belly button and from your belly button to the top of your head. So when we're doing a balanced meditation, that's a really good place to think. So take a breath in to your navel and then a breath out from your navel down to your toes. Breathe in from your toes into your belly button and then breathe out from your navel, same thing, and up and out the top of your head. And when it showers out the top of your head, feel it come splashing down around you, that energy all around you, by your elbows, by your knees, by your hands, by your ears, and all the way down by your feet. And you can feel your feet get very planted on the floor. It's really a good feeling because balance needs to be connected to some kind of an anchor. It's very difficult to feel particularly balanced if we're floating or drifting. Um, It's a lot less of a balanced feeling. There's more balance when we're actually connected to something. So we're going to take another breath into the body and then out the top of your head and relax and really allow yourself to relax and what we're going to do is go inside and in the inner world see yourself standing on two feet poised, relaxed and balanced and lift one foot up off the ground in the inner and you're sitting here with me you lift one foot up off the ground And feel the balance as you're standing on one foot. Lean forward. Let your leg extend. Bring your leg back in. Stand straight up. See? Balance. And the slight, small micro-movements that need to occur in your leg but still on the floor in order to be able to keep that balance. And bring both feet back down to the floor. And now breathe into your body in the inner. And breathe out. And put your arms out to your side. And feel the balance. Feel the balance. And I want you to imagine that you're standing in water. And that the water is slightly buoyant, but your feet are on the ground And there's balance. And even though there's movement left and right and the water has, you know, gentle, it's fairly still, but it, you know, has a current like all water, kind of moves up against your body, you still feel balance. And even in that slight movement to the left and to the right, there's no faltering from your place on the ground. And you breathe in 
and you breathe out and you feel the slight fluctuation and you're able to accommodate it and you focus because that place of focus and balance is where you're deriving your power from. So there's power that's coming from that balance. Take a breath in again and breathe out and see yourself now standing balanced, standing quietly balanced. And there's slight fluctuations to the left and the right and the balance is held in a very particular and focused way. And breathe in again through the top of your head and breathe out through your feet and let that energy flow down into the ground where you're standing to anchor you even more firmly so that the fluctuations are not affecting you. Small fluctuations, large fluctuations, you're grounded and centered and focused. I'm going to take another deep breath in. Through the top of your head and down and out, down through your body and down and out, through your feet so that the grounding becomes even more solidified and even more deep. And the fluctuations, if you're feeling water around you or if you're feeling, you know, I guess wind is another possibility. If you like the idea of standing out in an open space with a breeze. Either way, whatever those fluctuations are, if it's slight waves, like you're in a pond or the ocean, and there's just a little movement up against your body, that you're not losing that place on the ground with your feet, that you're centered, that you're tethered, that you're attached. That's your focus. That's your focal point. To the point where you can come up on your toes, You can come up on your toes in that centered place and even on your toes, you don't lose your place on the ground. You're not affected by the fluctuations, whether they're small or whether they're large, because your focus is a simple, clear point on the ground. Take a big breath in straight up from the point from the toes and straight up through your body and out the top of your head and let it shower completely down around you and envelop you in an ellipse of energy coming up from the ground and circulating around you and let it swirl and wrap you while you remain perfectly still yet minorly fluctuating and anchored on just your toes on the ground. Now, think of something that it is that you want to accomplish. Breathe into it. Breathe out from it. Visualize it. Visualize your happiness in it, your success in it. Breathe into it and breathe it down and into the ground. Then come down off your toes and be flat on the ground and I want you to come back to your chair and I want you to slowly wake up. 
slowly come back to us. Awesome. I love those meditations. I hope you do too. The um the point of meditation as we said is that um the um the point of the meditation is to be able to clear out the the larger fluctuations in the mind and the body. You know, sometimes when we're meditating we feel um you know fluctuations in the body that we're not comfortable with or in the mind and meditation is our ability to bring it back you know bring it back to the body and bring it back to uh the the focal point which has something to do with our soul right our spirit our soul um this week I found that place, you know. I found that place because someone came in and in their kindness, I was able to step back from the disruption and I was able to create a sense of poise and grace and ease, ease, real ease about this past week because of someone's kindness because I felt my own, you know, security and and um reliability, you know, the people I could rely on were there for me. And so disruption sort of melted away and um you know, that was quite nice. Inside it created a place of real peace. So grounding and centeredness and balance has I think something deeply to do with trust because if you can trust that you're being supported, then you can trust to stand like that on the smallest you know, like platform. It could be the tips of your toes. You could be on the tips of your toes and still be balanced if you had trust and knew that you could count on that platform to be there for you. So it was really actually a really beautiful week. And, um, you know, I want to thank that uh, young woman that came in here on Monday and... um, was so selfless and so brilliant that she um, created for me a centeredness that was I was able to share with you tonight, but that's really living inside of me now because I can feel how she brought me back. You know, it's interesting. Even in life, the, uh, the le- life's lessons, the lessons that we experience on a regular basis, I will, like, we learn something. I mean, this wasn't the very first time. Obviously, that's why it affected me so deeply. But it wasn't the first time I had dealt with centering or, um, uh, you know, a sense of balance in my life. I've achieved that at other times. But it was so stark this week when I realized how off my center I was and how easily it was for me to be able to find it again when, you know, I had, again, selflessness on my part and her part, when I had a sense of trust, um, the things that then were able to help me really create focus and move through the week with with really great, um, I think, grace. That's all I could say is that I felt very at ease with my actions this week because there was a sense of ease that was going on inside that had been created by balance. 
like balance, like, oh, I don't have to take any extreme reactions or extreme actions or anything like that. I can continue to move through this experience in a balanced way. That is, uh, you know, a, a gift. It's, and certainly, I wouldn't say that I've achieved that on an ongoing and permanent basis. I would imagine that that's what gurus experience, and it never goes away. They just have so much trust and faith and that they that they live in this place of divine balance. But for me to have experienced it for a week and the residual effects, and again, getting reminded again that some of the distractions of life are about forgetting about the fact that we have experienced that lesson once before, whatever that lesson is, and saying, oh, here it is, I'm reviewing it again, I'm reviewing the lesson of achieving my own personal balance and, you know, being connected to a balanced mind, a balanced heart, and a balanced body. I think I'm going to leave you tonight. It's raining in L.A., and it's totally beautiful here outside. I think I'm going to go off here and listen to the roof pattering, the the rain pattering on the roof. So tonight we'll go back to Sarah McLaughlin and bring on the wonder. I certainly had it this week. Have a great week. I'll be with you again next Thursday at 8 p.m. Pacific. This is the Inside Connection. I'm Dr. Craig Martin. Talk to you soon.
down deep in my soul. 